What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Blockhash Exploring the Blockchain, episode 299. Uh, we're one episode away from 300, getting super, super close. Today, we have ACDC on the podcast. No, not the 1980s rock band that you're all familiar with, but uh, the Aspen Creek Digital Corporation, where we're going to talk about renewable uh, mining with Bitcoin. Today, we have the CEO, Alexandra DaCosta, and the CCO, David Yee. To elaborate more and join us guys thank you for taking the time to come on the podcast really appreciate it how are you guys doing today thanks for having us it's uh it was yeah. great to be here yeah th thanks it's uh we're excited to uh to chat absolutely likewise uh before we do let's do some introductions i'm sure people are going to be curious to who each of you are and what you've done uh prior to ACDC. Um, if one of you guys wants to go first, maybe tell the audience a little bit about your backgrounds, uh, maybe where you studied or worked prior, um, and kind of what led to you being a part of uh, ACDC and what you're doing now. Sure. So I can kick it off. So I'm Alex DaCosta, the CEO, uh, originally from Toronto. I'm now based in Boston. Uh, I had a, a long career, almost 20 years on uh, Wall Street in the fixed income markets. Uh, so I was always in structured products and asset finance, and then was most recently head of ESG and impact investing at Canner Fitzgerald. Um, I was a politics major from Princeton, so I don't really know how I got into finance and now and now crypto. Uh, but, you know, David and I worked together and um, really started looking at Bitcoin mining, but but from an energy perspective and recognizing, you know, the great energy needs, but not seeing that as a negative, actually seeing that as an opportunity and, you know, really wanted to focus on something that had, you know, an impact on the climate, but also an impact on the bottom line of the company. So what started out as a, as a brainstorming session ended up uh, in a company with what we think is a pretty cool name. Awesome. What about you, David? Yeah. Um, so also from an investment banking background, um, had spent a decade covering traditionally, uh, just traditional metals and mining, um, from a banking standpoint, and then pivoted to, uh, cover the crypto industry at Cantor Fitzgerald, where I was leading crypto investment banking there. Uh, I got pretty in deep with most of the Bitcoin miners at the time, um, was covering many of the publicly traded miners. And like Alex mentioned, you know, we were looking for a better power solution and alternative for this mining space. And then one thing led to another. And then instead of me passing along to my clients, you know, we, uh, we decided to take it head on ourselves. And so ACDC was created. Got it. So let's dive into that. What is ACDC, uh, the Aspen Creek Digital Corporation? What, what are you guys trying to accomplish and what's the mission here? Sure. So ACDC is a vertically integrated renewable power data center, Bitcoin mining, Bitcoin hosting company. The premise was to use any large consumer of power, in this case, Bitcoin mining, as an opportunity to stand up new renewable energy sources. And so we founded the company alongside renewable power developers who have, you know, over the course of the last 10 plus years stood up you know, north of 12 gigawatts of renewable power in the U.S. and worked with them to carve out a portfolio of around three gigawatts of renewable power that ACDC can help stand up. So in other words, without us being there to purchase the power, those solar assets, predominantly solar and then later wind and battery, would not come online. Got it. What are your guys' respective roles with ACDC? Um, what, what's your... I guess, maybe responsibilities in terms of making that happen right now. Do you want to kickstart out? 
Yeah, I mean, as a startup, um, <laughs> I don't know how long is this podcast. Uh, you know, the uh, <laughs> the idea is, you know, uh, I guess my role as CEO is to you know help with strategy and, and kind of oversee all parts of the business. But you mm-hmm. know, we are a very lean team, and so we are all wearing many hats. Um, with my background from the finance side, you know, I play a pretty active role in structuring a lot of our financial transactions, working with our partners, helping with fundraising. Um, but you'll you'll see all of us uh, in all facets of the business, from negotiating power contracts to, you know, helping to procure equipment, et cetera. But David, I'll let you jump into your role because yours is, yeah. it wouldn't exist without David, let's be clear. <laughs> um, so like I mentioned, I was covering the Bitcoin mining space. So as chief commercial officer, my main, responsibility is to just stay on top of the market, make sure that we are from a competitive standpoint, always putting ourselves um, in the best position. And so, you know, my, my roles kind of and responsibility span corporate strategy, uh, business development, uh, corporate finance. But I mean, like Alex mentioned, you know, we're really lean. There's a few, there's a small team that kind of is part of the executive management team. And, and frankly, you know, we're on daily calls and we, we essentially do everything um together for the most part yeah i would say for david's sake you know the his relationships in this space have been absolutely invaluable particularly in these really turbulent times um because our approach has always been you know looking for the right strategic partnerships and whether that's an official financial partnership or just you know kind of friends in the industry and and these days we've really all had to rely on each other to help solve some pretty major problems and so having someone like David who had those pre-existing relationships really understood the different models has been really helpful not just for us but I think also for our peers to have you know people that we can bounce ideas off of in kind of the darkest days in this market. Yeah, I'd say turbulent is definitely an understatement compared to what has happened this year, for sure. Um, Has that slowed down anything that you guys are doing with ACDC and Bitcoin mining, the state of the market right now, the lack of demand? I know that the mining hash rates have fluctuated quite a bit as well. Um, Does that impact you guys in any kind of way or are you guys able to kind of keep the boat afloat? Yeah, so as the Bitcoin price, you know, fluctuates and and over the past year has, has decreased, it does reduce the incentive for new production to come online, right? So the, just in terms of like return on investment, we do need um, a lo- a, some level of Bitcoin price support in order to justify adding, you know, gigawatts and gigawatts of new energy uh, to support Bitcoin mining. With that being said, um, what, what, what the turbulent markets have, have done has, has priced out kind of the low cost or sorry, the high cost operators and the, and the poor operators. And so there is a gap in the market still where good managed low cost operators can still succeed and grow. And so that's, you know, our power strategy gives us a great opportunity to, to expand market share where others just frankly can't at the same time, uh, capital markets have been really difficult this year. So what you saw in, 21 and early 22 with most companies raising, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. You know, the current market environment doesn't support that. And and a lot of investors are currently sitting on the sidelines. So yes, absolutely. Kind of our expectations of where we thought we may have been at this point this year probably is different. Um, And we've had to, you know, pivot and and change business models here and there or focus on the business models here and there. Um, But we are still here and succeeding today. And I would actually argue that 
although this hasn't been the easiest of years, I think we're going to look back and be incredibly grateful for the market environment in which we had to build in the earliest days, because we have had to build a very robust foundation and our strategies have had to be laser focused and 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 kind of as, as tight as possible. And I think that had we, you know, been born even two years ago and had the benefit of kind of, you know, massively cheap cash and 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 uh, you know IPOing and all the rest, um, we may not have had to refocus our efforts in the to the downside scenario to the same degree that we have had to. I mean, we are coming through this year with two operational assets that we built from scratch this year. Um, I don't think that that is something that most people have been able to pull off, unfortunately. Um, but we've been, I think, able to lean on our banking, you know, relationships. Um, but again, I think building in this environment may actually be the best thing to ever happen to us. Yeah, building that foundation is such a good uh, point. It's so key right now with all these companies and exchanges and, and funds that have fallen apart, um, being built on very unstable uh, foundations, being built in corrupt ways, um, not being, I, I guess, stabilized is probably the word. And to the point that it could handle a bad market like this, where, you know, prices are not where they're at, demand is not where it's at. So it, it's... So nice to see, and I see it all the time, um, companies and projects very much like you guys now that are so focused on building right now and building that better um, ground level layer up so that what they're doing is going to last so much longer in the space. Um, and I heard you guys, you mentioned too, the two assets I assume are the two facilities you have, correct? Correct. Tell me about yeah. the facilities. Yeah, so we have one facility, um, our first pilot uh, facility is a six megawatt data center located in Colorado. That's co-located with a 10 megawatt solar farm. That was fully operational at the beginning of this year or in, in the in Q1 of this year. And then um, our second site, which we energized in October, um, was a 30 megawatt data center. That's co-located with an 87 megawatt solar farm. And we've partnered with Compass Mining on that one as our, as our customer. And so we're really happy with how that partnership um, is going. We're still deploying every single day right now. Um, we're hoping, you know, that Compass's customers are, are pretty happy with us as a uh, as a provider. Um, and uh, going forward, our next site, you know, we have our our sites um, on a much larger 150 megawatt data center. But you know, obviously, with with that size and growth comes you know different sets of challenges. Um, mainly around financing that project and making sure that we have a, an adequate kind of plan uh, of action to go out and build. I think that's what a lot of other miners have struggled with this past year is they built, you know, assuming that the money would be there and they built assuming that the customers would be there or that the Bitcoin price is going to be at a certain level. Um, so right now we're just diligently working towards making sure that if we go forward with that, with that business plan, that it's something that's going to work for all parties. Yeah. I've, I've been in the mining space before. There's so many different things that can affect this. Um, do you feel more pressure in this industry from, you know, the price of Bitcoin or energy costs um, where you're sourcing energy uh, fluctuations, maybe in the hash rates? W what maybe affects you guys the most, you think? 
I, I would argue it's power cost. Um, I argue that because that's the reason we started this company was to help stand up the new renewable power, which then in turn gives us access to, you know, long dated, very cheap power. Um, Bitcoin mining, 80%, 90% of the cost of that mining is power. And so I think for us, um, we didn't so much focus on what we thought was the most important input, we focused on how many inputs we felt we could control. You're never gonna control the price of Bitcoin. Um, but if you're smart about how you construct your contracts, you can you know, control the price of the power. And so I think that that's where we've seen a massive advantage is making sure that we can really control as much of the chain as possible. Um, I also think that costs are an important factor, but the other things that really, you know, derail a lot of, of miners are timelines. And so, you know, that's another part of our strategy by, by being vertically integrated and, and owning the design and the development and the building and the operation of, of, our, of our facilities. Um, we've really tried to, again, control as much of that, maybe I'd call it the supply chain of Bitcoin mining. Um, so that, you know, even if Bitcoin's going your way, if you've got a, you know, 18 month delay, um, you know, you're still out of luck. Yeah, I would argue that the most important input, obviously, into Bitcoin mining is, is power. And the reason for that is because unlike many other industries where the cost of production is, it, you know, I'm getting into kind of economics and, and finance, but there's variable cost, fixed costs, right? Um, but in Bitcoin mining, as the price of Bitcoin drops, the marginal producer shuts off. What that does is it reduces network hash rate, which means that each individual left miner that's left still mining actually produces more Bitcoin per hash. Therefore, their operating cost per Bitcoin actually decreases as well. So there's this inherent hedge on the downside of your production costs as the Bitcoin price drops. So everyone else has to shut off before you do. And you can still remain profitable even as the Bitcoin price drops from 65,000 to 50. And now we're obviously below 17,000, but we could see a drop to 10,000. And yet miners can still be profitable as long as they're on the lowest end of the cost curve. So we've, we focus on making sure that, you know, when we, when we are building and coming up with these contracts from a power perspective, that it's putting us in the best position to succeed in the long run. Got it. I, I know you guys mentioned uh, solar being one of those renewable sources you want to go to for energy. Um, is that the primary one you guys want to focus on with the data centers or do you want to branch into some other potential renewables? I know people in the market are starting to focus a little bit more on maybe um, winds, maybe hydro, maybe geothermal, depending on the location, obviously. Um, what are your guys' plans now forward in terms of sourcing that renewable energy? So the reason that you see us predominantly focusing on solar is because that is the clear core competencies of our renewable energy partners who are also our founding members. And so, you know, we are we are focusing where they have already stood up power in the past. They have those deep seated relationships and they are extremely good at standing up the solar. Um, solar does also lend itself extremely well to, you know, our ability to optimize a lot of the power. Um, if you think about those times when power can get very, very expensive in places like Texas, it often coincides with the hottest, sunniest days. And so our ability to produce our own energy um, that also helps us 
in those extremely important times to either draw on power or potentially curtail. Um, and, and the way that those two kind of shapes line up is one of the reasons we focus on it. Um, that being said, we're, we're, you know, we are looking at wind. I think for us, um, there's a lot of, of kind of extra stranded wind PPAs out there. And so it may not necessarily make sense for us to stand up brand new wind in, in this year, but you'll see it going forward. I think for us, batteries really exciting. Um, it just, you know, helps, you know, greatly increase our, our economics. Um, and again, also takes a, a little bit of edge off of the grid, right? I think that that's what we're really trying to do here is, is to be very good you know, stewards of the grid. And so anything we can do to be offline in those really high peak moments is exactly what we're meant to be doing here. But, you know, we're, we're absolutely not opposed to partnering on other power sources. But again, I, I think the name of our game has been focus on where we're good. And so if our, you know, if our core competencies are solar, that's where you're going to see us. And you're only going to see us in jurisdictions where we have a, a deep history of, of successful projects in that space. Yeah, and I also think that it's it's a part of the market that others, frankly, don't have the expertise in, right? So you don't you don't see other Bitcoin miners tapping this new energy source for a reason because you know they just don't have the development partners or or the expertise to stand up these new projects. What you see is most of them going after existing renewable power assets, and and it's a it's a very competitive game to to play if you're trying to find hydropower that's already existing because. Essentially, every single Bitcoin miner in North America has been going across North America to find, find those types of assets, right? So um, we want to compete where there are a few others that understand how to do this. And that will, in the long run or in the medium run, give us a power advantage over our peers. How much solar power does it take to power an operation like this? Um I know for a lot of miners, it's kind of difficult to just jump in and use solar because solar can be uh, expensive for them. You have to have a lot of panels. The technology is is getting better and better all the time, but very slowly. Um, and the power consumption from a miner, especially a Bitcoin miner, is uh, insane, as you probably know. Um, and it helps to have those strategic partners, I imagine, so you don't have to worry about it too much. But um is there the need to potentially expand that solar at some point? Do you have more than enough energy? What's it like, I guess, mining with solar? So it comes down to how you size it. And I think maybe I'll talk about kind of the overall strategy and then I'll let David get into the nuts and bolts of how it works. Okay. But again, with ACDC, the, the, the reason that we exist is to stand up new renewable power. It is not to be a 100% islanded operation. And in fact, even in those instances where we could be 100%, you know, self-powered by solar plus battery, let's say, you will always see us interconnecting with the grid because we, for two reasons, number one, we do help you know, stabilize the grid. And number two, um, we do actually want to be able to send new renewable power back to the grid. So our facilities are always sized with the solar being larger than the load, than, than ACDC's offtake. David can get into how that actually then um, kind of contributes to how much power we're able to consume. Uh, but I think the net of it all is when you see, for example, 
our 30 megawatt site that is operational southwest of Houston. Um, that's actually an 87 megawatt solar facility. So you have 57 megawatts of solar going to the local grid. And that is the purpose of us is that we want brand new renewable power going to the grid. Um, so I think for us, we're solving for something a little bit different which is we'd like to be self-powered as much as possible. We'd like access to that cheap power, but most importantly, we want new renewables on the grid. But David, I'll let you kind of explain how those solar shapes work and, and affect our mining. Yeah, and the other part that I would also just build on right before that is it's, it's a, it won't be as easy for a recreational or retail miner to access solar or to build solar partly because it is it is cost prohibitive. So all of our sites are, are large scale and they are institutionally sized uh, projects. And so um, there are significant economies of scale when building solar and those economies of scale then work its way through to us via the PPA and a lower cost power position. So if we were to take the exact same, let's call it, um, scaling or ratio of power, which Alex mentioned is, you know, 30 to 87. And we scaled that down to let's call three to nine megawatts. We probably would have a much higher cost on our power because we haven't hit those economies of scale. So for us, you know, the, the, I would say for Bitcoin mining, you know, we've targeted solar farms that are at least around 50 megawatts in size, because that's where it starts becoming um, economical economically viable for us to create these low cost power positions to have that leading you know, power advantage in the Bitcoin mining space. Um, so on, on the solar shape, yeah, I mean, renewables are intermittent. So at any point in time, solar may only provide you up, you know, 25, maybe up to a third percent of, of coverage of, of what your power requirements would be for the day. Uh, we typically size our solar larger than our load because, you know, solar does not always um, generate a nameplate capacity. And so during those events, we'll actually be able to still provide nameplate um, generation to our load. So we target at our solar facilities um, that we'll be able to get roughly around 35 to 40% of our power requirements directly from solar. And that increases to 40 to 50% when we integrate batteries. And then that may increase to 80 to 90% once we integrate wind uh, behind the meter. So solar is, is a great start. To doing that and we what we get at a solar are these fixed price ppa contracts which we then can then you know optimize off of so we'll always like to alex's to to point be grid interconnected so we'll have power coming from from the grid but when we average out between the grid and so fixed price solar we get ourselves in a position where we can be um best in class from a power perspective got it i want to know your guys's opinion on Bitcoin. I love what you guys are doing um, in terms of, you know, generating all this renewable energy and applying that to Bitcoin. Um, but to save the best question for last, I guess, is why? What, what, why do you think this is so important to do, maybe from your guys's perspective? And what do you think Bitcoin brings in terms of value to society that makes this so worthwhile doing? Well, I will, uh, I will tell you, so one of our board members, Amanda Fabiano, can go on for hours about, you know, the value of Bitcoin and listen, <laughs> we, we clearly, we, we clearly believe very deeply in it. 
you know, it, I mean, we wouldn't be here if we didn't. So, you know, understanding it as a store of value, understanding the security around it, understanding the importance of the infrastructure um, inherent within blockchain. Um, these, I think that as a society, we are misunderstanding how reliant upon that technology and that digital infrastructure we have already become. Uh, I think for ACDC in particular, we were looking at this very much from a power perspective and saying, how do we get more renewables on the grid? Let's look at something that needs a lot of power and that is also a very forgiving uh, consumer of power, right? It can turn on and turn off extremely quickly without any interruption. And so that's what was so appealing about Bitcoin mining in particular as a, a new use case for thinking of brand new ways to help stand up power. If you think about the power markets in general, Usually someone says, I'm going to build a big power facility. And then they say, and I'm going to go find a very large utility scale investment grade off taker. And that really does narrow the space uh, in terms of someone that's capable of purchasing that power, which in then in turn narrows the amount of projects that are commercially viable and the locations in which those projects are commercially viable. And so that's what we really wanted to turn on its head. And so not to deviate from our commitment to Bitcoin mining, but if you think about it, the work that we're doing right now, the interconnection work, both from a legal perspective, a financial perspective, a physical perspective, it can be applied beyond just Bitcoin mining. And I think that that's what's so exciting is thinking about new ways that renewable energy and brand new renewable energy can interact with newer uses for that power and newer counterparties for that power is going to be really important as we continue to try to, you know, innovate in climate technology. So, you know, that's that's my kind of 30,000 foot, you know, ESG mindset. Um, and, and I don't mean ESG, you know, green for the sake of green, but there's a massive commercial opportunity uh, to innovate if we can just figure out new power sources. Yeah. And, and Bitcoin mining does not care where it is located, right? It is truly a global network. And so you're seeing really impressive innovation coming out of Africa, for example, recently, where they've been able to make small deployments of Bitcoin mines to bring down the overall cost of power for local communities there. Um, I think that that is a tremendous thing that Bitcoin mining can bring. Uh, and then on Bitcoin itself, you know, I think when we're in North, us being in North America, well, I mean, you're in Colombia, but at least me personally being North America, you know, we're a little bit spoiled with kind of the regime that we uh, are under. And you just look at around the world and the benefits that Bitcoin can bring to society and to people and to bring, you know, financial independence. Um, it is, it is a real, uh, kind of innovation that is going to make meaningful change, I think, in the future. Um, so you're seeing these use cases um, really proliferate across the world um, and they're becoming dependent on it, right? So it's, it's I wouldn't be surprised if, if it's the developing world and it's the economies that are actually a bit more fragile that end up lead, spearheading kind of the adoption of Bitcoin globally because they don't really have an, an alternative. Um, and I think that's pretty exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, even down here in places like Colombia, and I, I grew up in the U.S., so I definitely understand that point of view. I, I think things like Bitcoin and crypto and blockchain and anything that's under that Web3 umbrella is starting to really grow in popularity. 
um, with the younger generation in a lot of these developing countries, whether it's in Southeast Asia or Africa or Latin America, wherever, wherever it may be. Um, and you'll see this when you come down to Bogota too. It's, it's in high, high demand. Like everyone coming out of school that's a science major, a tech major, uh, some kind, or is in, wants to be a computer science major or developer, they all want to be in the space. Um, and it's starting to happen in the U.S. too, but the red tape is there, I think, a lot more than it is in places like Colombia. And that's why you see a lot of the innovation happening outside the country. You see a lot of talent leaving the country, unfortunately. Um, but I'm, I'm with you on that. I hear you. Um, final question, then we'll start wrapping things up. And it's kind of a hot take, but I think we should mention it, is do you think that Bitcoin has a negative impact on the environment? Where it's at today? Um, you know, it's it's controversial, I guess. Everyone has their own opinion on it. Um, but curious, since you guys are kind of working in the space with renewables, with Bitcoin mining, do you think Bitcoin's having a negative impact? Do you think it has maybe less of a negative impact than other um, industries? What are your guys' thoughts? I, I say emphatically no. Um, let's be honest, Bitcoin mining as an industry, first of all, it's not producing a lot of waste like most industries are. So everyone who's complaining about the environmental impacts of Bitcoin mining are inherently complaining about the energy sources of the existing grid. Let's be really clear. Bitcoin mining isn't going out there, you know, and and looking for new horrendous energy sources. It's plugging into an existing grid. So if we're going to complain about the impact of Bitcoin mining on, on the environment, we're actually making a judgment call on our existing grid. So does that provide us with an opportunity to rethink how we stand up new renewable power sources or how we transmit existing cleaner power sources to areas that, that don't necessarily have it? Absolutely. Right. But but to say that Bitcoin mining is, you know, this massive pollutant. No, I think what we are recognizing is that power is a very scarce resource on this planet and our sources of power need to really become updated, um, which is why when you look at the data center game, you know, the ability of a data center to be this bi-directional node of power on the grid is a huge boon for for especially these more fragile um, power grids. Right. As opposed to a data center just being kind of that last stop for an electron, you know, to be able to use it as a switch yard and send it back and forth when it's not needed um, is, is a massive contribution. So I think we really need to reframe what it is that the problem is um, and and maybe start the conversation over again with a little bit more of an understanding of, of what it is that we're solving for. Now, is should we be saying, look, if we have a limited amount of energy, who should get to use it first? That's a different conversation, but um, I could think of a lot of other things that probably shouldn't use it ahead of us in line. Yeah, and Bitcoin mining, I mean, or sorry, Bitcoin, as we just discussed, is going to add tremendous value. And what industries are, is Bitcoin going to displace and how much energy do those industries currently consume, right? And I, I feel like there's not enough discussion around the traditional financial system uh, that and the energy usage that they use, right? And how this might displace and be a more efficient network uh, in the future. So everyone looks at it now as, as additive to, to energy uh, usage, but I think in the long run, what we'll find is this will actually be you know more energy efficient. And so it's just, it's getting us from point A to point B where we're, we're hitting some road bumps. Um, obviously not everyone understands exactly what we are doing. And I think it's just a matter of education um, over the next years. Um, and I, I don't think it's gonna be easy, but we'll get there. 
Got it. Yeah, I'm, I'm inclined to agree. I don't think Bitcoin's having that much of a negative effect on the environment at all, really, compared to other industries and the type of energy that it already uses. I only think it'll you know, get better and better as we go. Um, guys, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. Uh, really good episode. A lot of information. Uh, very informative. I learned a lot. Where can people go if they want to learn more about ACDC and kind of keep up with what you guys are doing? Sure. You can find us uh, at our website. So that's www.acdigitalcorp.com. Um, we also have a Twitter page. It's ACDC underscore HQ. And so most of our information will be at those two sources. What about you guys? If people want to reach out and maybe have a conversation with one of you two, are you guys on uh, social media or LinkedIn? Yep. Both yep. on LinkedIn under our real names. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, Twitter, uh, Alex underscore DaCosta. So yeah, please reach out. We'd love to chat. Yeah. And my, uh, my Twitter is David S Y I. Perfect. Um, I'll have everyone make sure to, to go and check you guys out, check out ACDC and uh, like, and subscribe to the podcast. If you haven't already uh, guys, again, thank you for taking the time to come on the show. I really do appreciate it. Really fun. Uh, let's do it again soon in the future. Thank you. Thank you. Us. Next yeah. time we'll do it in Colombia. Yeah, there you go. We'll do it in Colombia. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take care, you. guys. Thank you.